Welcome to the Church Solutions Podcast, brought to you by JSL Solutions. The Church Solutions Podcast is designed to help equip you and your church in the use of technology and other tools and services. And now, here are your hosts, Steve Lacey and Phil Thompson. Welcome to another edition of the Church Solutions Podcast. Hi, my name is Steve Lacey. And I'm Phil Thompson. Always try to, you know, always try to sound up in a... Yeah, you got to smile when you're talking, huh? It, you know what it really is. I, as you know, I used to do broadcasting and teach a broadcasting class, and I always told people when you talk on the microphone, smile, because people can hear your smile. All right. Well, and I think you and I were talking a couple of years ago when we started doing this. Some of them, some of our podcasts sound like we were on volume or something. It sounded like really low, low keyed or something. I don't know Xanax or something. But anyhow, we're happy to be here. My name is Phil Thompson, he's Steve Lacey, and uh, we do this podcast uh, on a regular basis. We're a company that is technically a tech company. We do streaming video, mobile apps, um, what else do we do, church management stuff. We've got some other things in the cooker, and uh, but we really do this podcast, why? To serve ministries, to, our heart is, is for ministries, and so we've been involved in ministry, and Kind of talking about some of the issues that uh, that we come across, and yeah, so. it's not just tech. I mean, it's it's leadership stuff, it's volunteer work. Uh, we do love churches, and that's what we do for a living. So, what's on our agenda for today? Well, I thought today, you know, we've been interviewing a lot of different people. We'll have somebody next week, but uh, I thought today uh, we would take some Q and A. Uh, when it comes to streaming videos, since that's uh, a large part of what we do for a living. And we get a lot of questions, as you might imagine, when it comes to streaming video. And so I've compiled a few here. We probably won't get to them all. But a few of the some, some of the common ones and maybe not so common questions with streaming video. And so as you listen to this podcast, if you're interested in streaming video, this might be helpful. If you do streaming video, uh, this hopefully will be Helpful, and if you don't, some of this might be basic at the beginning, but, it, you know, keep listening. You can always fast forward, right? That's the beauty of a podcast. You can always go Oh, skip. you can always list, yeah. learn something here, even always. with some of these basic questions. Yeah, absolutely. You can go fast forward. We've got some other ones that may not be quite as common, so we'll see if we can get to those. But, um, you know, if you consider, if you're even thinking about streaming video or if you're doing it, hopefully this will be helpful to you, either as a pastor, a volunteer, uh, involved in your church. So let's just jump into it when it comes to some of the questions that we commonly get with streaming video. And some of these answers have changed, I think, over the years a little bit because mm-hmm. of technology changing. And, and here's one question that we get very common, and that would be, what kind of computer should I use for streaming video? If I want to do streaming video, what should I use, Steve? So... Well, the, and we're not talking about whether I should use a Mac or a PC, though, Well, right? let's address that real quick uh, because I get that question as well, yeah. Mac or PC. Right. So um, I guess it, it, it goes with your, uh, your user preference. All right. So either one will work just fine if you're more comfortable with a Mac and feel more strongly about the Mac. My Mac's kind of got there. I'm come from the Mac side because right. I do have a Mac and... Yeah. And they're kind of geared towards uh, media uh, tools. Right. And um, I'm kind of a – I'm not a big Windows fan, so uh, – <laughs> Don't 
love windows, do you? No, I don't love the viruses that come with windows. Well, and that's something to consider, too, because with Macs, you usually don't get that kind of stuff. The yeah, malware, the, the, the hassles are much yeah. – you spend much less time trying to get yeah. your computer to work when you're using right. a Mac or my favorite, Ubuntu on a – Ubuntu, on a, yeah, an operating system, with which is uh, what kind of like Linux, I guess, right? It's, it's Linux-based, it, it, yeah. It's Linux-based, and so – um, but you do have some limitations with that as far as software. Uh, but but let's so, so let's move on here though. Okay, so uh, when it comes to 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 a computer though, let, let's talk a little bit about the resources of a computer because back when we started to do video streaming video seven eight years ago, uh, you know you didn't have that many different encoders. They didn't use a right. lot of resources. And so normally what we used to always tell people was, well, as long as you have a computer that's fairly healthy, uh, you know, you could probably do streaming video. But those times have changed a little bit. A little bit. And you and I, I think, have a little bit different ideas on on this. So uh, the encoders <laughs> have definitely – There's it used to be that there was one encoder or two encoders, and that's right. all you pretty much had a choice of now. There's more encoders, mm-hmm. um, and some of them are more CPU intensive than others. Right. So, depending on which encoder you're using and what you're doing with that encoder, we now have the ability to send out multiple streams and encode multiple streams and record streams, and so we can you can have the encoder do a whole lot more work than uh, it could. You know, years ago. Right. And so when it does more work, it's going to use more resources from your computer. Yes. So you really need to have a good processor. And, and I understand, okay, you're just starting out, and I'm not going to do that much, so I can get by with maybe a, you know, a, a dual-core processor maybe, and, you know, maybe, maybe just yeah. go with, you know, one gigabyte or something. But I, I honestly, you know, we've, we've, we've pushed a lot of people to vMix, and Wirecast, although that's not the only one out there as far as live encoders. But like vMix, for instance, they recommend you get something like an i7 processor, uh, you know, right. 3 gigahertz. They recommend an 8 gigabytes of memory. They recommend solid-state disk. Uh, and that's, that's what they recommend if you're going to do what you just said multiple things with that encoder right. so you're recording and, as well as streaming right and one of the things with the you know these newer encoders is they put front and center the cpu load and your upload mm-hmm. um, health right there on the encoder as you're encoding right. yeah. so you can see you don't want your cpu load to get up into the 80 percent right. and above range so and and the more streams you send, because now we we have adaptive bit rates, and right. people say, "I want to stream to Facebook, and I want to stream to my church website." Mm-hmm. So you're you're increasing the load, and we're we're starting to see more and more customers that are yeah. having issues, and we say, "Hey, well, what's the CPU load on that uh, VMix show?" And they yes. go, oh, "It says ninety eight percent." I go, "Well, there's your problem." One hundred percent. Yeah. 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 So I think my advice would be to you know, obviously budget is a big factor here, but. You know, if you can, you know, and computers are, they're less expensive now than they used to be for the most part. So I I would definitely go with what you can as far as a good, healthy memory, a good processor. And solid-state disk, I really do like the solid-state disk drives. As I migrated from a a spinning disk to a a solid-state, that was an amazing improvement in performance. And so I would do that. So uh, anyhow, so... Uh, with with the the way things are going today, 
Uh, you know, the more the more is, I think, probably a little better if you can afford it. If you can't, there are some other things you can yeah. do. And there's still, I mean, that doesn't mean that if I'm an entry-level person, I'm going to send a single stream out mm-hmm. that I got to go buy a brand-new computer in order to do this. I mean, you can definitely get your feet wet right. and just see what the CPU monitor is on yeah. as you stream. I, for a lot of people, they're going to find that oh, what I have is, is completely adequate. Right. So uh, this may be a question that many of our listeners already know, but we get this a lot with newer customers that have never streamed before. Moving on to the next question, you know, why do I need what you call a video capture device between my camera and my computer? Can I just plug my camera directly into my computer? Yeah, a lot of people will say, well, my camera's got HDMI and my laptop's got HDMI. I'll just plug them in and we're good, right? All right, all right. And what <laughs> people don't realize is the uh, the video ports on your computer are typically always output ports. They're not designed as input ports, and they don't work as input ports. Right. So you need a video capture device to go between the camera and the um, right. computer. So there's there's a few we recommend, um, and there's depending on what the camera output is. You know, there's SDI right. or HDMI. Uh, we like the Magewell. Magewell, Magewell. Yeah. They have products. You can go to our website, go to streamingchurch.tv and look under FAQ. Um, but video capture devices, they go between the camera and the computer. They take that signal and they basically, uh, for lack of better terms, you know, make it turn the magic so that the encoder can recognize right. what you're sending to them. And then the encoder sends it up to the on-demand or to the uh, to our servers up there. So you do need either a, an external video capture device or if you you know can get a card or something in, in your desktop computer, uh, put a, one of those, uh, what do they call them, PCI slots or whatever yes. in your computer. Uh, those things go, and there's there's different ones out there. The cost can be anywhere from two to five hundred dollars, maybe a little more. There are really cheap USB capture devices, and we don't recommend those. Although we do have people that use them, yeah. But it's mo- mostly standard definition and just not a whole lot going on. Yeah, they can work, but it's probably not a yeah. an area you want to jump into. Yeah. USB 3.0. Now, that's a different story if you can get a device that goes to your USB 3.0, which is obviously much faster than a USB 2.0 yeah. and that's Thunderbolt. The, yeah. Kind of, yeah. So the Magewell device or yeah. we recommend is a USB 3.0 yeah. option as well. So, yep, so you need a video capture device. Right. You need a computer that's going to work. You need an Internet connection. I don't know if we're going to talk about that, but um, I think well, we are. But that's not next on our list. It's not next on our list, I mean, but uh, live encoders. So, all right, we're doing live encoders. Again, back in the day, the Dark Ages, Flash Media Live Encoder, not a bad little encoder for its day. Now it is really getting getting out of date. So what's, what other live encoder? You know, I've got, I want to do streaming. I, I, I'm going to, I guess, need a live encoder. Uh, what do I get? How much does it cost? And Right, so the... The top three that we recommend are VMix, which has really come onto the scene mm-hmm. recently and yeah, gained a lot of popularity. Yeah. They're out of Australia, I think, aren't they? I think Somewhere so. Somewhere down under. Yeah, just go to vmix.com. Yeah, vmix.com. And then there's Wirecast, which has been around for a long time mm-hmm. and is very well respected and is and works very well, a little more expensive than the others. Mm-hmm. And OBS is another that's kind of um, come a long ways recently. 
Um, and OBS, you just go obsproject.com. Yes. And that's open source. Yes, it's called the Open Broadcast System or Open Broadcast Software. Yeah, that's what it's called. Uh, so uh, with vMix or even Wirecast, uh, vMix is very reasonable. Free trial for 60 days and then you can buy it for what? There's sixty bucks. Several different options. Uh, right. One of them, sixty bucks, I think. Yeah, the the level that would be appropriate for for live streaming church would be the sixty dollar yeah. range. And, if you're uh, gonna run a, a you know, TV studio or something, there's there's other options, but right. but it's like a little studio even for the sixty dollar one. And Wirecast has a little bit more stuff to it, but that's. That's like a one-time fee of about $500, right, for Wirecast? Yes. They have another package, too. But OBS is free, so what's the limitations on OBS versus these other ones we just mentioned? So with um, with the Wirecast and, and vMix, I would consider in the same class. So you get multiple inputs, multiple camera inputs. You can do lower thirds. You can do... Um, you know, nice transitions between shots and desktop. Show your desktop. Yeah, you can show your desktop. You can show um, pre-recorded movies that or videos that are on your desktop. Right. You can show those as well. Uh, you can take external inputs from other computers. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of capability with both vMix and Wirecast. With OBS, you're going to be and you can send another key one is you can send out multiple streams with to, vMix or, or vMix or Wirecast. Yeah, vMix yeah. or Wirecast will let you send you know, a lot. What's really popular right. is to stream to Facebook Live, as well as to your church website. So with those, you can do that. With um, OBS, you're going to be constrained to one stream. Um, I'm not. They don't have the. I'm aware of the lower thirds capability. There may be some ways you can do it. Don't they have some plugins now or something? They may, get? yes. I've not played with it. So it's been a while. But I do, I do know that it will only allow one destination to stream to. So that's kind of the chief constraint yeah. with it. It will let you play videos that are stored locally, images that are stored locally. You can even share. You know, It kind of got, got its... Um, its niche in the world is in the gaming industry, so a lot of people will broadcast their their game underway right. using OBS. Yeah. So it's got a lot of good desktop yeah. share or visibility tools. And Flash Media Live Encoder is still out there. Uh, if you're going to use it with our company, we recommend you use the AAC audio setting, and we won't really get into that, but... Uh, right. You, if you have a Mac and you download Flash Media Live Encoder on your Mac, then you will have an AAC audio option. The other option is MP3. We, we again, if you're going to work with our company, StreamingChurch.tv, you need to use the AAC option as yes. do of our video player. Yeah, and the the thing about Flash Media Live Encoder is it was its last update was 3.2, mm-hmm. which occurred in 2009, and that. Adobe. Uh, is not support or not supporting and not updating it anymore. Right. So it's now what eight yep. years since it's had an update, and sure. eight years in technology uh, years like, uh, is uh, fifty-six years in dog years. Yeah, or more than that. Yeah, yeah it's probably. Yeah. So it it's starting to show its age okay. and with issues. Now there's also hardware encoders live encoders that are hardware-based. So we're talking about stuff you download on your computer. Right. But there's some hardware encoders as well. 
Uh, and some of them, I mean, there's the TriCaster that's been around for ages, which we don't recommend. <laughs> Although there's oh, people we're that a use preset them. on the TriCaster. We are a preset on the TriCaster, like we are Wirecast and, and Some but, ministries really do like their yeah. TriCaster. The newer um, ones probably would work better for at least for what we do with our streaming. I mean, yeah. you can use the older ones too, but yeah. Uh, but they're, they're obviously – I mean, we're not saying don't get it. I'm just saying it's not one of the ones that's as far as hardware that we We're not say. passionate about them. They're, they they do a great job. They're very expensive. Yeah. Um, and they – you know, if you, especially if you have an older one, you know, the when this was just getting underway, there was Windows-based um, streaming formats that they drove towards. And those don't even exist anymore in the streaming world. So, right. um, you know, the newer ones are sure going to have the, the latest uh, technology with them. Yeah. But yeah, and we, we had one at our church. And yeah, I remember that. So while we don't necessarily recommend them, we kind of you know steer towards We like the, you know, the software-based one, but we just talked with one of our guests in the past and said he really likes the hardware-based. Um, so there's pros and cons each way. But there are. One of those is Teradek. Another hardware-based encoder, yeah. yes. And that's a, a much less expensive right. uh, option that will actually mount on your camera. Yeah, it's a little box, basically. It mounts on your camera. And so you could use that and not, you know, not necessarily – if you've got your computer going for other things during your service, you could do something like a Teradek. Uh, there's other ones out there as well. I think Blackmagic even – has some kind of a live encoder that's a hardware-based one now, I think. Uh, there's different ones out there popping up right, left and right. But Teradek has a pretty good reputation. So it's something that you certainly might want to consider going with. And right. they're somewhere around, what, five, $600, maybe $800? Uh, yeah, right around that. And there's and they have some competition as well. We they can't do. think of all the competitors on yeah, we've got off a, the top of my head. but We've got a company that's after us to kind of – use their stuff and promote their stuff. I can't think of their name, but so live encoder. Yeah. So it's, again, it's user preference here. If you have questions about that, email us, uh, we can maybe talk a little more about it. Okay. So, uh, let's talk a little bit about, let's skip down here. We've got a lot of questions. That's number seven. How about uh, that one? Sure. Let's talk about number seven. How much upload speed do I need on my internet? So you want to do streaming video, how much upload speed do I actually have to have, and how can I know that? Yeah, so this is, I don't know, call it a pet peeve or whatever, but <laughs> as we talk with a lot of churches, and this is a common thing that will happen, they'll go, they'll say, well, you know, we're having issues with streaming, and I say, well, what's your upload? And they go, I've got the 10 megabit per second package, so it's not my upload speed. And I go, okay, well, let's start digging around, and as we dig around, you know, they're paying for the 10 megabit per second upload speed, but when they actually go to test what they're actually getting, um, is often, I just had this just last week, um, working with a customer, I said, oh, okay, you got 10 megabit, 10 megabits, that's going to work fine, so you know, that's not the issue. Let's go poke at these other things, and the other things weren't the issue, we kind of came back around, and said, let's test your 10 megabit upload speed, and their 10 megabit upload speed was peaking at around 4 megabits, um, <laughs> which would work. But uh, the other issue they have is they would open their uh, Wi-Fi network to the congregation on Sunday. So while they yeah. put a few hundred people in there getting on their Wi-Fi, 
their four megabits would go to you know, 400 kilobits per second. <laughs> and then, then yeah. you're going to have issues. So, uh, so first of all, how do you know you want to do a speed test? And there's several options out there. You can open up, open up your browser and do a speed test. Uh, we kind of lean towards speed of dot me. Uh, doesn't have. I don't think it has Java that you have to load or whatever. And yeah, no Flash, no Java. Yeah. So speed of dot me, speed of dot me. But there's speedtest.net. Yes. There's other ones out there. Just have to make sure when and, you and you don't the key click on is that people get confused with is like, oh, I've got 100 megabits down, and <laughs> down really doesn't matter. It's since you're sending the signal out, it's going right. to be your upload speed. It's going to have to be uploaded. So what should what what speed do I need to have? What so, kind of speed should I have? I mean, if if we're looking for a single answer, it depends on what you're going to do. But right. a, the single simple answer was, if you've got two megabits per second or more, you're going to be able to stream without any issues at all. Yeah, usually now, that's the case. Right, and but there are cases where you know we we I broadcast from uh, a trade show booth over a cell phone signal that was. You know, like 600 kilobits per second, and and it looked okay and worked all right as long as I had my 600. So it can be done for less, but we recommend a consistent two megabits per second or more. Right. Now, if you're going to be, you see, I mentioned earlier that a lot of people are interested in to stream to Facebook Live and stream into my church website. That means, well, I'm going to send out two streams, so I'm going to double what I need. And we recommend that you have at least twice what you're sending out. Right. So, so, so to clarify this, so you've you've got your encoder open, your live encoder open, you you set your resolution, and with that resolution, there's a bit rate that you usually on some of the presets they recommend, but you can actually manually change your your bit rate. But your bit rate is is real important what you're sending up. Yes. And so you can modify that and change that. And normally, the higher the resolution, the more of a bit rate you want to make sure you have to kind of go along with that. Right, to be able to send the larger picture up. Larger. And the whole idea behind this is the, the higher bit rate and the higher resolution, you're going to have a higher quality right. video stream. So, yeah. And you know, some people might think, well, shoot, let's go all the way to the max. And that, um, that can work for you if you have the adequate upload speed and all your viewers have adequate download speed. Right. So <laughs> you can get to the point where they can't, view what you're sending out at the at the rate that you're sending it out at. So how do you go about that? Let's say, hey, I really want to, I've got, I'm at my church and I definitely want to stream to, you know, maybe some Roku or I've got these flat screen TVs, different places. I want to have a good quality picture. So I want to send a good quality picture, but you're telling me that if I send it too high, other people on other devices might not be able to get it, might have buffering, might have skipping, might have freezing. How, how can I get around that? So what we provide is called adaptive bitrate. And so what that is, is it the player, the video player will automatically detect the network connection of the viewer and will downshift to a slower stream if they can't support the higher quality stream. Okay. So with adaptive bitrate, then you're sending out multiple streams from your facility, so you need to make sure you have the headroom on your upload to right. be able to send out, you know, all those streams. You got to have enough. Yeah, you've got to have enough uh, internet speed. Plus, you again getting back to what we said at the very beginning here, your computer is going to work harder. Right. So you if you're have a, have enough horsepower, so to speak, on your computer, right, so that you're not maxing your CPU out at ninety eight percent. 
Right. And wondering why things aren't going well. But, you know, and that's why I was talking earlier about that. Because, you know, you can, with our company, it's very easy to stream to Facebook and other places. But you definitely need to have these other things in place to do that. But adaptive bitrate can work really well. And we can certainly help set you up with that. Uh, just let us know if you're interested in that. Okay, so we got a couple, just a couple minutes left here. Let's go to talk a little bit about audio with streaming video, but we actually have a guest, I think next week, who's going to talk to us about audio with streaming video. So I think we'll save that okay. next week. But audio is important. You want to really make sure you have good audio. That's, as you said uh, many a time, and I fully support that. You can you can live through a, a bad video experience as long as you can hear right. you know, people what's going on, but if you have the greatest video and you can't understand what people are saying, you're you're not going to make it through the whole service. No, you're going to lose people all the way. So, uh, so lots of questions here. People asking about analytics. How do I know who's watching? All that stuff. We actually provide that with our company we provide some very detailed analytics and what we got steve we got people like first time visitors and second time visitors right so we got reports showing how long they stay where they're coming from whether it's their first time or not and so um what they're watching if you're looking at on demand stuff so yeah there's a lot of that's that's our streaming church.tv platform and there's other platforms out there uh but they don't have really those analytics like we have do they well, I can't speak for all of them, but I know the few that uh, that we've checked out. They've, uh, you know, they got good analytics, but uh, maybe not as detailed, as thorough as as yeah. we are in some of these analytics. Yeah. So. Right. And then we always recommend chat. I mean, our platform has all sorts of options on it. One of those is chat. I know I have people ask me all the time, "Well, why should I have chat on my platform?" Answer: so, Well, we. Our vision or our uh, our focus here is to try to replicate the experience of coming to church online, and uh, so it provides the ability to for you to minister to the people that are attending online, find out where they're from, what their needs are. Um, they can ask, ask questions. They can you can pray with, privately with people. So it just it, it invokes Next. a whole. Um, more interactive experience, much like when you went to church. Right. You know, they'd see that you came and they'd point you to a seat. And if you had, a, you know, wanted to talk to somebody, you can. And right. Yeah. Well, you're connecting with people. Right. And and I think, of course, to do that means you need to have a chat host or a, a you could call them church online pastor or you know church online host or something like that. I personally think it's worth it. You know, and I think that if you make that available to your congregation and say, hey, we're doing streaming video here. Anybody want to help out? You know, I mean, you might want to screen a few people, but, you know, uh, let Uh, people know that there's people that would be happy to to monitor your chat just to connect with people and make friends. And they'll come back if you do that. We take the experience um, very seriously, like your Sunday um, services and just in the same way that you would probably want to put an usher in the building and a greeter out front for those that are coming to church. We feel like, you know, this is a campus that um, people are attending from all over. And so you'd want to, you know, implement some of those same kind of considerations. Yeah. You want to connect with people. 
Uh, and, and the bottom line is, too, not only can you help change their life, but if they happen to be local and they're checking you out and they're watching you online and you strike up a conversation and they respond, you know, it's a good chance they're going to come and visit you in person <laughs> at yeah. your actual facility. And, and, and connecting with people with chat is a good way to do that. You don't have to do that with us. We, we, one of the things with our deal is it's very customizable, so you can do a lot of things with our platform, make it look like your church's website, embed it on your church's website, and do all that. Well, look, we're out of time. Uh, that went fast. So uh, if you have questions about streaming video or even mobile apps or anything else, uh, we thought we would just do this today as something a little different. Uh, by all means, send us an email, support at streamingchurch.tv. And uh, next week we ha- we plan to have a guest that will talk a lot about audio and audio in- with streaming video as well as some other things. I think that will be helpful. So we're done. We're out of here. Time is up. All right. Sounds great. Folks, thanks for spending a little bit of time with us. He is Steve Lacey. I'm Phil Thompson. And we will catch you next time on another edition of the Church Solutions Podcast. Take care.